Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Hashtag Be the Good in Your Hood. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the essential change that can occur in your place, in your neighborhood, and in your life through simple acts of hospitality. We are your hosts, Dave and Jen Colley. Well, welcome back to another week of Hashtag Be the Good in Your Hood podcast. Today we are joined by a friend of mine named David Burton. He's from Springfield, Missouri, and he's the Community Development Specialist at the University of Missouri Extension. Uh, he's a neighboring enthusiast. Uh, he has started an initiative called Engage Neighbor Program. So David, thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe you can correct me on what exactly that initiative is called, but thanks for joining us and say hi to our listeners. Hey, it's great to be here and never correct the host. I think that's one of the rules, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't go by that rule. We let you correct us as much <laughs> as you want. <laughs> well, thanks so much again for, for being here. Let's get this thing started with our first question, and that is, what is your role in your neighborhood? I would have to say my short answer to that is I'm a connector, and I live in a neighborhood in an area that does not have an HOA, and none of the subdivisions around us have HOAs, um, and there is no existing neighborhood association. So we can talk about kind of my neighboring history, I guess, how I got involved in that, but I see my role very much as being a connector, connecting with our neighbors, connecting neighbors to other neighbors, and connecting the people that live in those subdivisions that, that I've started calling Owen Park Neighborhood Association because we have a park, a small pocket park that sits in the middle of all these subdivisions. So that's the asset that I've chosen to focus on and trying to build uh, neighbor relationships around me. When you talk about neighboring and building something around a pocket or like a park or something like that. Where Was that your idea? Is that something that you've read about or why do you think that's important? Yeah, well, I'm really kind of putting into practice their uh, asset-based community development. So people can always come up with complaints or things they'd like changed. That seems to be uh, human nature. But gain people to think about what are the assets and gifts that we have that are unique to us that we can build upon. And that Pocket Park was certainly one of those assets. It's the, you know, there's a nice uh, walking trail there so you can meet everybody's dog. And uh, it's kind of the green space place. And it, it was pretty underdeveloped five years ago uh, by focusing on that, thinking about what could be done to improve it by hosting events there and increasing our level of activity in that park. We've been able to get some amenities added to that park and improvements made by the city. City of Republic has been very um, supportive of the efforts there. And since a lot of these programs are being neighbor-led, they pretty much have given us a, a blank sheet. You just go ahead and organize and do what we think works best in that park. And uh, when we've asked for support, they've given that to us. So that, that seems to be the primary gathering spot. There's no, uh, the way these five subdivisions kind of fit, fit together, there's no coffee shop in the area. There's no businesses. There's not even a, a community building or a space that, space that you could meet. So that park is really what I've chosen to focus things around. You need some sort of focus. And when it's an asset or a gift, uh, that's even better. I'd love to hear some of the things that you said that you've worked on or worked toward um, and that your city has been supportive of. What are some things that you guys have gotten started there? 
Sure. I should say, I guess a little first, this began as a personal conviction. When I realized that we'd lived in the same house for 15 years, people had come and gone, and we were at a point that I really only knew the names of one of our neighbors, and that we <laughs> that we should really be doing better at that. And so it was a personal conviction. And then in the process of getting to know our neighbors, uh, had that light bulb moment of, hey, I think this is actually community development as well. And so it's a mixture of my personal interest. It's a mixture of some of the things I get to do with work. And I see that neighborhood out there very much as my laboratory, a place where we get to test new ideas and projects and measure the impact. So I've tried a lot of different things. Uh, those that succeed, we continue with. Those that uh, don't, we move on to something else. But it's a uh, a place to put things into practice. So when I hear other people talking about ideas in their neighborhood, if I can pull it off or find someone to, to help me, I'll, I'll give it a try just because of that testing approach. So in that area, I've gotten some grant funds to f support a quarterly newsletter uh, that that's sent by mail instead of just on door knockers like I used to do. Uh, so that, that, that reaches uh, 750 homes. So people are in the loop with what's going on in the park and what's being planned ahead. I think communications. Uh, a key part of that. We're on the fifth year of doing a I Love America Kids Parade in the park. Kids decorate bikes and dress up, and the the half mile loop that's a walking trail is the loop for the for the parade. And you know we do things that kids like. Everybody gets a participation ribbon, and everybody gets a popsicle. So you know everybody, everybody's happy with that. And then the and we give some other awards for the best costumes and some some things like that. A few neighbors that have businesses, you know, I've asked them to just donate some funds to help make that happen. And when it's close, that proximity, I think, gets people involved and interested as well. Uh, we're finishing up our second year of doing a month-long uh, chalk art festival. There's <laughs> there's something called the idea-friendly movement where you, when you have the idea for a new project, uh, you start it out small to see where the interest is and what can people connect with and where your partners or volunteers come from. And then you expand it from there. But that's kind of the approach that I've tried to practice to see where I can generate interest from other neighbors to help and be involved instead of thinking of an idea and planning it to the nth degree, you know, and just blowing it out of the water and making it so big that it can't be managed. Uh, we in introduce the idea slowly and small to see what support there is for it and always thinking about my own time and budget so the chalk art festival the way we've organized that in that park is you have a whole month uh, to do that uh, also we've set it up so it doesn't have to be monitored i don't have to be there people don't have to check in but we have some uh, signs up around the park it has a a phone number on it and so you do your chalk art you take a picture of it and you text it with your name to this phone number and then we're having i have a couple of uh, professional artists at the end of the month that'll uh, rank all those. We do give awards and gift cards, local gift cards for that chalk art festival. So I think we've had, um, I just got a couple more this morning. I think we're probably up to about 30, 35 uh, chalk art submissions and there's still some time left in, in June. So that's a fun thing. Those are positive when people are walking around the trail, they see those. David, I feel like you could maybe like, we could partner and write a book on lots of creative ideas of how you can connect with your neighbors. Your, your understanding of your role as a connector, I think even in just that little snippet of things that you guys have done in your neighborhood is huge. And I feel like this question is kind of uh, almost like after the fact. I'm like, ask, I'm going to ask you, what good have you seen come from the practice of hospitality? And you've just given us like 15 goods, you know, from 
art showing up to people's gifts being used to people coming together that normally wouldn't. I mean, oh my goodness, so much good. But I think this is kind of interesting in that the things that you're talking about, I don't know that everybody would necessarily recognize that as hospitality. I, I mean, I see it. It sounds like it's hospitality all over the place, but I would love for you to just share with us understanding that these things you've mentioned are acts of hospitality. How have you seen good come from that in all of these ideas that you've tried or some that you've tried that didn't work? Yeah. Well, to me, it does seem like hospitality. Uh, so th- yeah, thank you for saying that and recognizing that. A- again, what what got a hold of my heart in this area is this idea of loving your neighbor, which we've, we, if you've grown up in the United States, you've probably heard that a lot. And I thought I kind of knew what that meant. In fact, I would have told you I knew what that meant um, because I didn't throw loud parties. Uh, I picked up after my dog on walks. I took my Christmas lights down before the end of December. You know, all these things that a good neighbor <laughs> is supposed to do. But I didn't obviously know their names and I made no effort to be hospitable or to make connections with them. And then when I realized that, and I would have told you that I love my neighbors because I certainly didn't hate any of them. Hmm. But then when I came to realize the opposite of love is not hate, the opposite of love is apathy. And I had apathy and lo- love is an action word. And I was taking no no actions whatsoever. And so, so many of these things that I've tried to do in my neighborhood, yeah, they're, they are hospitable, but to me, they're also acts of love and trying to make those connections with people. And that's really what motivates me to do that. Now, how has that spilled over in the neighborhood? I have a friend, uh, Chris McKinney, Chris and Elizabeth McKinney wrote a book called Place for a Purpose. And he has a saying, he says, neighboring is a crock pot, not a microwave. It it takes a little time. And so that was my experience as well. My wife and I, as we set out on this journey, it, it didn't happen overnight. It took repetitive, you know, contacts and invites and just inviting our neighbors into our own life, into our own activities. Uh, but eventually, then I started seeing my neighbors reaching out to neighbors next to them. Whereas one neighbor we didn't know the names of, they rarely got out of their home. Now she does uh, cooking lessons once a week for two families near her that have young, young girls. They, they've really taken it up a notch. And other neighbors that have done things to reach out to their neighbors, that is one of the most uh, satisfying parts of hospitality and seeing other people uh, grab hold of the idea. So when we think about the idea of hospitality, a lot of people think that it's some sort of meal or some sort of big event. I think along the lines with you, kind of look at it as this opportunity for us to build relationship, right? I think you use the word connection, which sounds a lot like relationship, right? And Mm -hmm. so as you are thinking about this idea of hospitality and connection and seeing the good coming from that with other people doing it, where have you seen relationship really flourish in your own life or in those around you through these practices of, of loving your neighbor? Let me say here as well, then, one of the things I had to really grasp and learn early on when we were doing little pop-up meetings on our driveway for our neighbors, and this is along the lines of hospitality, I was thinking, how can I entertain my neighbors? And I was looking at very much as entertainment. Something I read, a a book early on, something made the, the suggestion that it wasn't about entertainment, it was about connections. And so when I had that sort of light bulb moment for me, and I think this relates to hospitality, 
when I took the pressure of entertaining my neighbors off the table and and looked more at more at connections that were being made, uh, that just felt a whole lot different, a whole lot easier to do. And I think it's more uh, more of what people want and need, and making those connections. I've seen stronger relationships form around us among neighbors who now have because they know neighbors, they're able to uh, ask for help where help is needed. They're able to be supportive of one another when surgeries happens and or something happens in the family. I know we've had those types of opportunities. You know, frankly, your neighbors, because of proximity, are often your first responders. If you have an accident, let's just say I know someone who fell off a ladder and uh, was very thankful that neighbors uh, came to the rescue quickly. So I think that's a big part of it as well because of that proximity. There's a gentleman that is an attorney, and I've heard him speak about the number one reason to develop neighbor relationships is for prevention, prevention of problems. (laughs) So uh, if you have a neighbor that has a barking dog, it's a lot easier to talk to them about that if you already have a relationship with them than if if the first time you ever talk to them is to go over and tell them to get their dog to shut up. Not not a good approach. So I think those are all aspects that come out of this. You know, there's a lot of the science behind these neighbor connections uh, being a positive aspect on our own physical health. You have a higher level of social capital. You're more likely to uh, survive a surgery or a a sudden illness, more quick to recover from surgery, uh, more likely to avoid or be able to come out of loneliness, which we know is kind of an epidemic in the U.S. now. So there's a lot of personal health benefits as well. And I would say for my myself, my life's just uh, richer because of friendship connections that I have developed around me. I didn't set out to do it to make friends necessarily, but that is part of what has happened. And, and I would say that, you know, I was kind of uh, starved for friendships. What is um, something that maybe you've learned around this idea of connection. Maybe there's people that are listening that are like, wow, those are grandiose ideas. Yeah. Just give us a a quick synopsis on your end of what it looks like to just get started. Yeah. One of the most popular reasons for not being connected with neighbors is just busyness of life, busyness of schedule. And then someone will attend one of my programs or someplace I've spoken and they're like, yeah, I'm going home tonight and I'm planning a block party. And uh, I'm like, you know, you might want to start smaller than that. And it's not because I don't love block parties. I do. But those can become unsustainable and they can be overwhelming as well and costly. And really, it can be as simple as uh, a plate of cookies and all of your contact information delivered to your neighbor's door. Now, for me, that was that was a fun way to do it because, A, my wife makes awesome chocolate chip cookies. And I was the benefactor of some of those. Uh, <laughs> but it, even if you don't feel that uh, if you're not that much of an extrovert, you don't want to knock on neighbors' doors even, uh, begin with just a handwritten note, handwritten card uh, in their door, just saying, you know, something you appreciate about them or something you've observed. Even that can initiate that type of conversation relationship. But I do think it's about inviting neighbors into your normal routine of life. As relationships develop, it then becomes easier to do a block party because they're willing to bring the potato salad or the something else, you know, and it becomes an event that way. Getting connected. I, my wife and I used to refer to it as the ministry of being available and just being in the front yard, lingering at the mailbox a little longer to strike up a conversation when someone got home. Just something to that increases your visibility so you see people when they're out and around. And I've been amazed at the doors that that opened just by making ourselves available and 
part of that for me also meant not having my headphones on when I took my dog for a walk. But I'm demonstrating that I'm available to be interruptible and it's okay to have a conversation. And I think those are important parts of that. I love how you um, really communicate how doable this is. It's not something someone has to, like you said, <laughs> have a huge block party or you have to be an extrovert or you you know, have to have lots of money. Like there's just a very doable sense about the way you've presented it, which is really incredible because really the practice of hospitality is something that we all need and we also need to be doing it. Um, but I think in that I'm hearing this great freedom to try things. And you've you've just talked about that with such grace of like, you know, I tried some things that didn't really work, but I tried this thing and, and then that was better. And you you have such a learner spirit about even the practice of neighboring. And I think that's really encouraging to know that it's doable, but it's also okay to not do it great, but to try it and then learn from it and then try something else that does work. Um, because I think that's how we get we get better at what we're doing and better at making those connections. And so I think that is an incredible thing for us to head into um, this next week with is just this inspiration of, of starting small and being free to take some risks and try things and see uh, what we can learn from it. So thank you so much for sharing Absolutely. that. I think that spirit of, um, of fun gets woven in there as well. And, and I just, I see that on your face of just the fun that it is to connect with your neighbors. We just encourage you all to, to be the good in your hood this week and be willing to take those risks to be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm.